When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. Hello. How is hey. everyone? What's up, guys? Brilliant. So today we're here to talk about simple ways to achieve mindfulness and overcome anxiety for good. And Mark Metry actually is an expert in that field uh, because he helps shine, stressed and anxious people to be themselves confidently in front of anyone. And he's been featured in Forbes. He's a TEDx speaker. He's featured all over the place. And uh, it's it's wonderful. He's joining us from from Massachusetts. So it's wonderful. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. And Kim is out and about in London because she's got lots of meetings. So <laughs> I am. So forgive the background noise. And Mark, it's such a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, Kim Nat. I uh, I always look forward to your content. I always look at Nat, uh, Nat's tweets. And I appreciate you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to uh, to start talking about this for sure. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, I, I have got three points, but feel free to expand uh, on, on that. And the main one is kind of like how you've built confidence, because I think that's kind of that kind of helps, right, to like get over the whole anxiety piece, like building confidence kind of is a gateway, right, to, to moving kind of beyond it or at least handling it in some way. So how, how have you personally done that, uh, Mark? Yeah, so it's it's very interesting. So I think, you know, if I could rewind a second, when I think about mindfulness, I don't know how you guys think about it, but you know, for me, I think a lot of the times, like these different words, like, you know, whether it's mindfulness or, or meditation, they, they kind of have like this very abstract meaning, um, or at least when people first hear about it. And the way that I think about mindfulness it is just like you're experiencing life as it is. Like that's the definition of mindfulness means. It literally means that you're just attuned and you're in the present moment and you're just experiencing your life for literally what's, what's just happening in front of you. And you have to say that because I would say the vast majority of us are not doing that on a day-to-day basis. The vast majority of us have, whether, you know, we're thinking about the past or whether like our brain and our nervous system is sort of stuck in the past because it's re-triggering maybe some sort of like trauma or, or some sort of a chaos that you haven't really figured out in your mind. And in turn, what you're doing is like you're bringing your old self that maybe existed 10 years ago into right now. And that's not you. You're not living life in the present moment. And so when you don't do that, you face a lot more problems. You face a lot more stress. Uh, You have attention issues like you can't focus. Uh, You probably have sleeping problems. Um, You know, maybe there's an issue with your brain or your gut microbiome or stomach issues. And so for me, um, you know, one of the stories that I talk about that really, I think, like teaches me mindfulness is, um, you know, I had back when I was in college, I had this roommate. And at that time, I had 
started to do like mindfulness meditation for about a year. I was starting to become mindful and I started to like tell my roommate and I started to teach him like, you know, Hey, when you're walking on the street, like don't be in your head, don't be like super, you know, introspective. Instead, you should just like literally focus on how is your body feeling? Like your feet touching the floor on the ground, you moving your legs, maybe if you smell anything, um, and I remember I was telling him this and we were walking up this hill and I remember he stops and he tells me, he's like, Mark, I feel like just kind of doing these things that you told me to do. This is like the very first time I've ever felt my feet touch the floor and, and like really feel that. And it seems, it seems kind of silly to say that out loud. And I, and like, you know, people who are listening to this, you're like, oh, of course you can feel your feet. Like you can feel them right now. But it's like when you're walking, when you're in the environment, when you're in the moment, if you're not sort of connected to your environment, then you're in your head. And I don't think there's a problem necessarily with being in your head. I think there's a right time and a right place. But when you're with other people, when you're trying to experience life for what it is, you have to be connected to your environment. And if not, then you're not actually living your life. You're living some projected version of reality. And that's a lot of times where anxiety and depression can come in from. And so I feel like if if we can use that as a starting base, then a lot of the times it's exponentially easier to do everything else, right? Because I think it's like so easy to like look up like, oh, what are the best habits, you know, for, for mindset or what are the best habits to do for your mental health? I think that mindfulness, and I think especially a great way to get there is mindfulness meditation. It's sort of like a root that teaches you, right? Because if you tell someone like, hey, eat healthy, or like, hey, uh, do this breathing exercise, or hey, you should journal. The reality is, is if they haven't taught themselves how to be mindful, if they haven't taught themselves how to be in the present moment, then they're not going to do any one of these habits for the long term. They're going to sit down, they're going to try to do it. And then next thing you know, they're going to pull out their phone, they're going to focus on something different. Um, you know, they're going to be in their head, they're going to be like, oh, I'm, I, I can't do it. And so a lot of the times I kind of view mindfulness um, and mindfulness meditation as like a meta habit, is like a sort of a meta concept that if you can get that one down, it becomes exponentially easier to do everything else because you're actually in your life. But when you're in your head, it's very, very hard to do things and to do them consistently. And so I'm not sure if that made sense, but that's how um, I would start off explaining that. Yeah. Oh, no, it made total, total sense. And it reminds me of a something somebody shared with me a few years ago, which was um, almost how to prove to yourself that you can't multitask even when you think you can. So you have to um, get a stopwatch and you have to say one to 10 as fast as you possibly can and time yourself. And then you write that down. Then you get the same stopwatch out and now do A to J as fast as you possibly can and time yourself. And then you have to go back and time yourself again, this time going 1A, 2B, 3C, 4D and see how long it takes when you're changing, we're getting your brain to focus in different areas because that's actually how we do it when we're not being present, when we're not in the present moment, we're distracting our brain and therefore everything takes longer. And if you want to try that at home to see how much longer it really does take you to try and multifocus versus just be present, it's a really great way of bringing to bringing to life for the people watching what you've just talked about in a very real way is that how you stay really present right now so that you can really experience what's going on rather than what's already happened to you in your past yeah 
yeah i agree totally i it's really interesting that you that you brought up um the way to achieve mindfulness right because so many people are they think that mindfulness comes from meditation right they don't actually distinguish that mindfulness because i you know it's like well man i need to meditate it's like look <laughs> you don't need to meditate yeah you can go you know i've been doing tai chi like 25 years right so how old are you 24 yeah 24 yeah right i've been doing tai chi since the year you were born yeah <laughs> 1997 <laughs> right but for me the 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 pain of holding a posture distracts my brain from thinking right mm. so eventually year on year that has made my brain function in a different way so that i i, I can't multitask I, I i really i can try but i i just can't right and but i can focus in the task yeah and and i find that this whole uh kind of rubbish that these these gurus are talking about like oh um, you need to be mindful meditation man it's like well just go fishing or you know uh take a walk right and be in that moment so i love what you're saying i think i think that's absolutely fantastic right so on to the next thing how have you built can i say something what's that mark oh please can i say something yeah so honestly you know i so here's what i think I, I honestly would push back about what you said. And, and this is what I would say. I don't think everybody needs to do everything, right? Um, however, here's what I would say, right? So yeah, you can be mindful, like you can go fishing or you can do Taekwondo, whatever you said, or go for a walk. And like, yeah, that's, that's great. You get mindful. However, a lot of the times people, depending on their past, they literally cannot do that. And so a lot of the times, like when you look at your brain, you have two different networks in your brain. You have the active mode network and the default mode network. And so this is how like, if you scan people's brains, this is how they can actually tell like, oh, there's a mode when your brain is in the present moment and mindful, and there's a different mode that's not. And most of us, we spend our time here where we're not mindful. And the reason why I would push back about what you said about mindfulness meditation is that again, like nothing, you know, not everything works for everybody. Everyone should do their own thing, whatever. However, I actually, I don't think that there's a substitute to meditation. I don't think that walking or doing Taekwondo is a substitute. And the reason why is because when you sit down and you meditate, again, it can be very hard. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but when you sit down and you meditate, that is the only time in the entire world where you are shutting off the external environment. And when you shut off the external environment and you're in your own head and you disconnect from everything there is no substitute from that. And they've done studies on that. There is no substitute. Like there's no form of exercise. There's no, um, nothing that can substitute that. And, and what is actually happening when you meditate is we build all these internal and external connections throughout our entire lives. We have a phone here. Imagine in this example, like we're, we're iPhones, right? And if I take this cable and I plug it in, Right. So my internal world is connected to, let's say, the wire, uh, you know, represents the outside world. And so all throughout our lives, we learn these connections of like, hey, uh, if, you know, let's say you're a kid. Hey, I got a good grade in school. And then now your parents are showing so much love towards me. So then you build an unconscious connection in your head of like, hey, to get love from my parents, I need to get good grades in school. And the reality is, is we form these connections through all kinds of different things. 
And I think that when you meditate, that's the only time where you close your eyes and you actually disconnect from that. And what happens is you realize that you're not your mind. And it can give you a, a vast, 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 vast majority um, that can actually like supercharge you. So like, yeah, you could spend every day trying to trying to um, go for a walk or wash the dishes, you know? And again, like I, I was talking to a neuroscientist about this who specializes in this. And he says that the best habit is the habit that people are going to do, right? So if you go for walks or if you do your martial arts and that works for you, then that's glad. But there is no substitute to meditation. Like these two are two different, almost two different things. And they two do, they do two different things. So I think can that's I, that's a very important note to keep in can mind. I, as well. Can I add though? Can I just yes, add? please. So what I do think is that in order for you to even be able to meditate, right? You you've got to shut your brain off, right? So you no. you need no you need because if you no the way I have learned right to calm my brain, yeah, and and be who I am, right, is by using a certain exercise method yeah and it also like it has seated meditation at the end if i feel like i want to do that right but i can assure you that standing there holding a posture like in yoga right tai chi yeah your brain clears itself and yeah sometimes it wanders just like it would do if i was sitting down right but i i have tried to meditate and and I generally found my brain was just too active to do that, right? And I didn't enjoy it, yeah? So so from a personal standpoint, right, I, I basically have used the pain of holding a posture in order to concentrate, right, which has then led my brain into being clear because the only thing that I can do is actually focus on not falling on my face, right? So... So I kind of, like, I get what you're saying. We're kind of, we, uh, we should explore this more. I'm going to go away and yeah. research more and whatever, yeah. Um, but Kim, have you got anything to kind of add to that? Yeah, so so I must admit, when I first started doing mindfulness and, and meditation, and I, well, I agree, you know, I think it's a really great way of connecting with you. And sorry, forgive me, somebody's just decided to wheel something past us at the train station. So perfect timing to ask for my opinion. So please forgive me for that noise. Um, but I think, you know, one of the things I found was I still was berating myself for not getting it right. So I'd like sit there and I'd, I'd put the, the music on and I'd, I'd try and be still. And then I'd find that I'd concentrate on what was happening within. And then occasionally you know, another thought would wander in um, and I'd start telling myself off and going, no, 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 you're being mindful right now. Stop that. Stop <laughs> thinking about it. And um, because I'd misunderstood what I was supposed to do about being mm -hmm. mindful. And instead it was about going, it's okay. Those thoughts, those feelings can come in and you just observe them and let them go. What you don't do is engage with them heavily. You're just being you in that moment. And therefore you don't have to beat yourself up about having to do it in a particular way so, yeah. so I think I think for me I enjoyed it much more when I allowed myself to just go with whatever present to me meant in that moment but I, I do it every day I find it a great way of just helping me see my mindset for the day yeah definitely and I, again I, I'm not trying to like argue with you guys like again whatever works for you works for you but like Nat to what you said it's like 
I actually don't even think it's possible to shut off your brain. Like whoever, whoever started the lie of like, oh, meditation means you have to shut off your brain and not think that's completely wrong. That's like 100,000% incorrect. And like that, that right there is what stops most people from meditating. Because like what happens is the same thing with you. They sit down and then all of a sudden their, their thoughts go crazy. Their mind like, oh my God, I'm shutting. I, I can't do it. It's very hard. I can't control it. And like, that's literally the point. Like literally the point is not to get you to like force shut down your mind and like try to, no, no. Literally the point is for you to realize that our brain is like an ocean and like an ocean, like if you sit on the, you know, on the shore you see wave crash after another 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 wave crash. And then you realize like, oh, that's the same exact thing with my thoughts. Like no matter how hard you try, you cannot shut off your thoughts. Now you can get in the state of flow. You can get in the present moment where your brain shifts into that mode. And then, yeah, you maybe don't experience as many thoughts, but like that's the entire point of meditation. Every time that you get in a thought and instead of like, Kim, what you were saying, like instead of obsessing over it to like realize like, oh, it's just going to come and go. It's just going to come and go. But then sometimes you're like, oh, you know, you, you, you get into it. And like doing that is the bicep curl. Doing that is the actual exercise. And so if you meditate and it's, it's not great, it's painful for you, that's actually a sign that you're doing it right. And so like that's been one of the biggest things of like, uh, that I've learned. Um, and again, like, I'm just so passionate about this because I think that there's a lot of people where like, whenever anything becomes popular, there's always like so many misconceptions about it, you know, and I've had this conversation with different friends of mine, like hundreds and hundreds of times. And oh, yeah. I wish I could just tell people like, you cannot shut off your brain. Like if you meditate and you think thought after thought after that, that means it's working. And so the point is not to shut it off. And so right. I think that's so, so, so important to realize. And Kim, kind of what you said of like trying to figure out your own way to do it, that's huge. Now, yeah. there are many different forms of meditation and, and there, everyone's a meditation teacher these days. So there, there's so many different <laughs> methods to it, you know? Um, like I know for me, like, um, like, I, like there's specifically for social anxiety, um, like mindfulness meditation has been shown to be like one of the top three uh, like coping mechanisms that actually uh, like works. And I've actually, I've made my own meditation. That's a combination of like mindfulness and transcendental and visualization. And so there's many different forms, but what I would say is that I think mindfulness meditation is one of the quickest ways to build like the actual mental infrastructure in your brain to then get you to be mindful throughout the rest of your day. And so that's all I would say. And so again, everyone should do Brilliant. whatever they want to do. But Brilliant. I definitely think meditation is like its own thing that can't be grouped in with other things because it's just, they do different things. But, be, but, be, but taking that, taking that mindfulness goes throughout your day, right? Like you, and then, and then that becomes inherent. It becomes ingrained. Yeah. Like in your life. Yes. Right? So you become like karma. Your thoughts don't come as quickly perhaps unless you want them to, right? Because you can still think quickly. It's not like, it's not like smoking dope and then your brain doesn't even <laughs> think anymore. It's a you know, it's a different thing, right? 
Um, but yeah. but how have you how have you built confidence, Mark? Because I think you're doing mm. really well, and and it's and I'm and and I don't take any of what you said as an insult at all. I like, I want to dig into this topic, right? That's why we have uh, this conversation. Yeah. yeah, this is not about anything else apart from getting to the facts and 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 giving people different opinions so that they can actually learn and then go away and do their own research because we don't know everything, right? Like. You know, it's as simple as that, really. Um, but I do, I do agree with a lot of what you said. Yeah, I really do. And you know, taking those thoughts and writing them down when they come up over and over again is something that I that I have. Kim Kim's big on these "I am" statements, right? Like she's she's helped me to kind of, you know, uncover the "I am" statements that were there from when I was a child, right? From when people basically said things you know people have said nasty things to you right in your life yeah your parents might have shouted at you at a point where you were weak yeah you were a kid right and your brain absorbed that information and so in order to actually uncover those thoughts yeah doing meditation or even just sitting down with a piece of paper and writing them down like it's all connected because until you overcome those you can't move to the next part in your kind of spiritual life right in, in my mind you know yeah and i i love that because personally for me i i had no idea that like i had thoughts obviously like we all know that we can think but like when it comes to almost like you know thinking about your thoughts in a different way and i know for me i realized that when i was um so in 2015 um i it was a very interesting moment because it was the first time where I realized that I had social anxiety. And it was also the first time in my life where I sort of started to go down like this very dark spiral. And next thing I knew I was, you know, trying to use like food and alcohol to cope with my emotions. I was obese. Um, next thing I knew I was like seriously depressed for the first time in my life. Um, my social anxiety that I always had my entire life turned into social isolation and next thing I knew, I was actually suicidal for about a period of a month. And, uh, you know, this is actually how I realized I had thoughts. And so for me, um, you know, I, I lived in Boston and Boston's a very great city. But I remember living uh, on a, in a bordering city that let's just say was not so nice. And I remember and I was in college at that time. And I remember my the campus police would always text us and they'd be like, oh, you know, watch out. Don't go down this street. There's been like a shooting or there's been like a mugging. And so, and so I remember basically what I did was I was in so much pain that I was just like, I need to end my life. And basically what I would do is I would go for these walks at like 1am, 2am in like these very dangerous neighborhoods. And I would just like pray to God that like someone would walk up to me and like try to mug me and kill me. And I remember on one of those nights, I remember it was like, it was like 2.30am or something. I don't remember. And I remember walking across this bridge and I don't know if you guys have these in, 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 in uh, where you live, but in America, there's like these like bridges that go over like these interstate highways. So if you look down, there's like these like eight lane highways and like usually during the day, there's so many cars, there's so much noise. But I remember being there at 2.30 and there were no cars. There was nobody. There was like not a single car, not a single sound. It was completely silent. And I remember looking uh, or excuse me, I remember walking and I was previously back then, I would always just walk looking down 
Like I would just always look down throughout my entire life. And I remember all of a sudden when I realized that there was the silence, it was very strange. It was almost like someone took like a remote and hit the mute button. Like that's how silent it was. And I remember when I experienced that, I looked up and I kind of looked around and I was just like, wait, like, where am I? And I remember like at that time, before I looked up, my head just being filled with so many thoughts of like, you know, you suck, you have no value to the world, people don't like you, you're terrible. And I remember when I looked up and I had that moment of silence um, and I looked around and I guess you could say I was mindful like in that microsecond, I remember thinking like, wait, like who's thinking that? Like, I I don't think that about myself. And so all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm suicidal, I'm walking and I experienced like this moment of the present. I experienced this moment of mindfulness, this moment of silence, this moment of clarity that makes me kind of look up and question my own thoughts. And that was the very first moment where I actually realized that like your brain is like a thought generation machine. And like previously up to that moment, I literally had no idea. And so I'm glad that you you bring up that point because I don't know about you guys, but for me, before I realized that, whatever my brain would tell me, I would become. So like whatever my brain would think, you become that, right? But like whether, whether it's a, a scenario like this or whether you do mindfulness meditation or whether you're mindful and like you have like this real-time simulation where like your brain generates this thought, but then you're different and you're like, you can distinguish yourself from that thought. And so that was the very first time in my life that I, I kind of learned like what you just said. And it, it really only took me to hit, you know, rock bottom to where I was literally going to kill myself. So I, you know, I'm, I hope that people could understand this hopefully before getting to a, a situation like mine. And I can talk about confidence. I know I just like went all over the place, but, um, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's all connected. And hugely insightful. And thank you for sharing your journey. Cause I yeah. mean, what, what a journey. And I'm so thrilled that you didn't end up um, taking your life because what a horrendous loss but you're so right we the way our brains work you know can sometimes be terrifying but we don't realize it we don't realize that we are inadvertently being harmful to ourselves because you're right when we when we create those thoughts and I always talk about them being our I am statements you know with these we usually have created by the age of seven we've enforced by the age of um, 14 and we've embedded them by the age of 21 mine were you know I'm not enough I'm not livable I'm always alone and that's not true <laughs> but it felt like it was true I believed it to be true it became the blueprint to the backstory of my life and everything that went wrong was like oh, I expected it to go wrong because I'm unlivable because I'm um, not worthy because I'm alone and um, and so what happens is we stop responding to what's happening and we start responding to what we've made it mean because our emotional brain responds 24 times faster than our thinking brain. So we think that we are responding to our thoughts and we're actually responding to our emotions, uh, which are they've taken what's going on and they've made it link back to how we're making it feel. And I think when, when you're in it, and I suffered heavily from this for like 30 odd years, and it was crippling at times, just horrendous. Um, but once you start to realize that you can change them, that you can actually go, but that's not how I feel, or that's not true. I've got evidence that says, that's just rubbish, Kim. Stop following that that suite of stories. You can create better um, I am statements that actually serve who you are now. And I think you're right, learning those and really understanding who you are and getting connected with you um, 
is a massive journey, but such a powerful one when you've completed it to actually find out who you are and who you're supposed to be and then give yourself permission to be that person. Absolutely wonderful. So, so was, are you saying, Mark, that that was a massive turning point for you in, in how you overcame your anxiety and built confidence from that moment onwards? Was that a, like looking back on it now? Because at the time you probably didn't notice that it was a turning point. But now if you because you talked about it, it's a wonderful story. Right. And I'm glad you're still here because, you know, you're 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 really like you're really helping a lot of people by raising awareness around this and also the imposter syndrome thing because i know you're big into that too uh and we we've we founded the uh international imposter syndrome awareness day so we'd love to be involved uh with that Congrats. as it grows right uh, so was that a turning point for you in 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 how you've overcome this and built confidence at that time yeah, you know, it was definitely, it was the first moment of awareness, right? And like, like they say, there's that quote of like, you can't change something if you're not aware of it, right? And so I think that was the first moment of awareness. But honestly, I mean, like, it took me months and months and months and years, like, even after that, to like, even figure it out and even start to take my thoughts and my ideas and then start to like, put them into action. Um, but in terms of confidence, you know, it's very interesting. I actually, I made a post about this today. I don't know if you saw, that's why you're asking me or, or just random. No, no, it's, it's, is it coincidence or is it just the man upstairs? Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't even believe in coincidence anymore. So I totally, no, I, I think it is. Um, <laughs> so like, this is what, I, this is what I kind of talked about today in terms of like, um, yesterday I threw like a question and answer on my Instagram. And a lot of people were asking me like, how do you build confidence? How do you trust yourself? How do you build confidence? How do you trust yourself? And I said that, you know, for me, when I look back at my journey, like in 2015 that I just said, and then the subsequent years out of that in 2016 and 2017, those were such, um, I don't want to say dark years. Uh, they were great because I was starting to make progress. And so it, it started to open my mind and my eyes, but it was also unbelievably difficult. And, and like one of the things that I think is so important when it comes to building confidence is like, you you're always watching yourself like you're always watching your behavior and like if you are someone who you've never stood up for yourself um if there's something that you believe in or like for example like you know not like for example like the whole meditation thing that we just talked about like imagine if i was like you know what i'm not gonna say anything you know, I'm going to let boring, that say, it'd be boring. Oh, yeah, it would be boring. Be but then also, yeah, but then also there's also a different part of me that's like, Hey Mark, you should talk about this, but you didn't talk about it. And what I found is like that voice, the more you ignore it, the more it gets quieter. And so for me, like one of the things that I look back on that I think has given me a tremendous amount of confidence and has given me the insane ability to trust myself, like no matter what, is the fact that I was there for myself in 2015, 2016, 2017, where like, I didn't really have anybody to support me. I honestly had no idea what I was doing. There were literally so many nights where I was depressed. I was lonely. I was crying. I had, I had no idea. I had every single reason to like stop. I had every reason to quit. I had every reason to be like, man, I guess people are right. I should just go do what everyone else is doing, but I didn't. And the fact that I have that, like, I literally don't care. Like, and nothing can like break me. Like I, I said it, I said it like literally if I go outside today and I get hit by a truck and like, I have to spend 10 years in like a coma and then I wake up from that coma and then I have to spend another like 10 years, like rebuilding my brain. 
I would still be doing exactly what I'm doing now. Um, and then I also think the fact that, you know, I face social anxiety from around like ages eight, nine, up until 18 because of bullying, discrimination, different forms of abuse. I also know like literally what it's like every single day for my entire life for my brain to tell me you suck, you're a loser, nobody likes you. So I literally lived through that for a decade. And so now whenever it happens, I'm just like, oh, let me just like switch the radio channel because this is just <laughs> happening in my brain. And so the fact that I have that it, and, and plus my historical ba- background of like me being there for myself when nobody else was, I think that's a huge aspect of confidence and trusting yourself. Absolutely wonderful. Totally amazing. Could absolutely chat to you all day because you, you've got such great insight. And I think what I love is that piece you just said about being there for yourself. You've actually become your own best friend, your own best critic, um, and you've got built that trust. So to have connected back with who you're supposed to be and be confident that that's what you're here to do. That's the message that you're here to share. And I was really thrilled. You managed to get there 24 years before I did. Because <laughs> it yeah, took yeah. me so much longer to find my purpose. But I agree with you. Once, you. once you do, once you know that actually this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to stand up for that. I'm supposed to go, actually, this is it's bigger than what people think about me or, or not. It's about helping other people to be themselves, to show up and share their message. So I love, love, love what you do. And you'll have to come on again if you'd be happy to, because we would love to chat to you more. I'd love to. Mark, thank you. It's been a delight. See you again. This was amazing. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends and tell your friends this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com